You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your host, Daniel Wagner, battles the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. So I'd like to welcome you all back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show. Um, today I've got a friend that uh, I think we've spoken before. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been mm. a long while. And a uh, matter of fact, I've actually been on his show quite a while ago, The the Rational Rise with uh, Sven and his friend James Fox Higgins. And you might mm. have seen the debate that uh, me and his partner James had about uh, about God and whether God is good. That mm. was that was a fun one. So we, we, we've, yeah. had, we've had a little interaction. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Yeah, James's conversion certainly took me by surprise, man. So no. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I, I was going to ask you about that. I didn't know if you wanted that to be an on-the-record thing or, or no, what. That's but, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was rather surprising going from one extreme to another. I would say. Hmm. But at any rate, but we, that, it, you know, we still line up on all the important matters, but he seems to get there a different way than me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, uh, I still think he's a great guy. He's he's you know mm. well spoken, well thought out kind of kind of fella. So. But uh, we're not here to talk about him. We're here to talk about you today. No. We're we're here to talk about you because um you you seem to be really excited as I am about this this whole uh, blockchain crypto evolution or revolution even if you if you dare to call it that. Uh, that that seems to be hitting us right now, and and it seems like uh, it's like the the world's best kept secret. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know if you feel that way. Um, just mm. uh, if you don't mind, uh, give give me a little background information. You know how how did you how did you uh, come across crypto, and and like what what is it that that excites you about it? Like what's what's the thing that makes you you know feel like you need to be an evangelist for this new technology? Yeah, well, I guess I was totally primed for it just because I, I read science fiction all my, you know, teenage life and, you know, was just heavily involved with computers and was kind of around at the very cusp of the beginning of the internet. You know, I still remember being on bulletin boards, BBSs, back when, you know, we were just calling up from one modem to another sort of thing. So, and I just think this is the next step that technology is is taking. It's digitizing everything and money's the next thing in that list. But um I think everyone has stories of like, yeah, I heard about Bitcoin in, you know, two thousand and ten or two thousand and whatever and didn't buy in until, you know, whenever. And yeah, quite embarrassing for me. Like I remember Stefan Molyneux interviewing Andreas Antonopoulos probably like five or six years ago now. Um and you know, I was just a poor hippie, still kind of am in some ways. So I, I never got onto onto it at that stage. And it was really only uh, just about a year ago that I actually purchased my first Bitcoin. So I got in like right before the end of the, the pump, um, end of 2017. Um, and yeah, you know, we went up really high and now we've gone down really low. But um, yeah, I do agree that it's a revolution, but I think it's an economic one and not a technological one that people usually describe it as, like, you know, blockchain, all the things. Um, I don't think that's really the most important facet of it. So, yeah. So so, so now you're now you're just a poor hippie with a bunch of worthless tokens. Is that what you're... <laughs> no, I don't have any worthless tokens. I, I never really... I never really jumped on the altcoin hype train, um, and I'm pretty glad of that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's only been a year, and this is my first... Um, ever experienced like doing anything in any kind of market so it's, I've had to learn a lot really quickly and you know trying to learn technical analysis and stuff like that and um, just wading through all the bullshit and in this year I can see 
you know, there was a, a period where I was very enamored of all the uh, altcoins out there. And but within a few months, I kind of saw through all the hype and all the bullshit and quickly focused on like, well, actually, Bitcoin is the most important thing. And the reasons for that, again, um, I, I think because I was primed economically, especially mm-hmm. um, like from an Austrian economics perspective. And, you know, it's just the economic illiteracy in society in general now is just like staggering. Like people what? don't understand what inflation is. They don't they don't fundamentally understand what money is. And I think like, I have this real reverence for money. Like I, I see it as the way that we organize societies. And it's because of this ability to, um, to store value in some uh, abstract thing that we can plan for the future. And like, you know, it leads to division of labor and um, that's where all the wealth in the world comes from. So, but governments everywhere have totally fucked up money because they can print it at will so it doesn't actually contain any value we'll certainly we'll certainly move into that that direction i i I do like the fact that you have like the exact same story as everybody else is like i wish i would have invested in in bitcoin in blank and now that it's blank now that i'm doing it now that i've you know and now it almost feels like it's too late but no it's not too late guys it's not too late yeah um i I, I remember specific numbers (laughs) i remember specifically Mm -hmm. when i first heard about it i think it might have been around the same time you might have heard about it Mm -hmm. but I, i remember looking and seeing that that I could get one Bitcoin for $114. And of course I was noob at it. You know, a lot of people look at that price and they're like, Oh, I don't have $114 to put in. Like, and I was like, I didn't know you could buy just a portion of a Bitcoin. I didn't know, you, you know, right. and, and now I do I, the way I approach it now, it's more of a dollar cost averaging approach where I have just, you know, a few bucks a week, you know, not, nothing that I'm afraid to lose. You know, I, you know, if I, yep. if it goes to zero, I'm okay. It's, it's more like my, my, my free money, my, my blow money, if you will. Mm. And, and so that just, I, I said it, I forget it. It comes out of my bank and goes in there and I don't have to think about it. And it just, yeah, nice. it's super easy and I don't even look at it. So that, that's, that prevents me from trying to ride the emotional roller coaster of a very volatile industry right now. Yeah. And, and to your no, point, that's a, that's a fantastic strategy. It's what I tell my friends and family as well. Like, don't be a slave to the charts and watching the value every day or every hour or every five minutes. Like, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Mm-hmm. Um, think of it as like a long term, you know, 10 year investment. And as you say, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Um, so, yeah, it's very wise. Yeah, a buddy of mine, we were sitting there doing that uh, for a little while uh, in the run up to the to the end of 2017 when Bitcoin is, as you know, almost hit twenty thousand in some places, or twenty thousand U.S. dollar in some places, mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty insane. And we were sitting there like we'd check it in the morning, we'd check it at lunch, and then be like, "Hey, oh my God, what the fuck? It's got all the way up mm-hmm. to this!" <laughs> so, so we were so excited, like our minds were blown, like what is going sure. on here? Yeah. And, and it was like you could feel that emotional pull of I have got to buy more of this somehow. And I was mm. like I was sitting there. I didn't act on any of it, luckily, but I was sitting there thinking like, man, I could ask my neighbor to borrow a bunch of money. I could go to the bank and I could second mortgage. And I know a lot of people did do that. And, and, and yep. yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I had the smarts not to. But a lot of people don't. Mm. So. Uh, let me let me ask you this. This is this is something that um, seems to be a major. Um, it's like almost like a Damocles sword hanging over the industry is the the idea of regulation to protect those people from their own stupid mistakes. To to be honest, that's really what the regulation is for. It's like you guys are too mm-hmm. stupid to 
uh, I guess I'm already letting out my opinions of it. What do you What do you think about the idea of trying to regulate? Well, it's tricky for us. Um, like you're you're a libertarian, right? I I'm yeah. I would say more more so libertarian yeah. than. Broad, broadly speaking, like right. we want less government, you know, and so it's a really. All right, all right. Well, on that aspect, I'm an anarchist. I I, I want no government. <laughs> Likewise, it's like so right. totally. I mean, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, so like I just want freedom. Leave us the fuck alone. So it is very tricky um, because I agree. I don't want like anything that governments do. They're going to fuck up. But at the same time, like I, I truly believe that 99% of these old coins are outright scams. You know, and um, I I know the same kinds of people. I I know a guy that you know mortgaged his his house and you know we're talking like five figures that he put into the market and i i, I suspect it's you know, dropped 80 90 five fi- yeah, so five figures yeah man <laughs> like oh, man. it's not good and and these people are just like they don't know anything about, I, I knew nothing about markets when i got into it and i was just like um and this was probably about this time last year and i was just like you know i can see this run-up happening i can see the hype building and i need to learn as much as i can about what these markets are you know what charts are and very early on i i heard um some random youtuber and he described um you know the stock the stock charts the trading charts as it's just a map of um, human psychology it's a map of dopamine and you know and serotonin like as people uh the hype builds on itself and things go parabolic and then markets crash you know that's just human psychology playing out in the, the markets and i have this fascination with psychology at the same time as technology um and it's sort of and and money as well as a capitalist as an anarcho-capitalist and they mm-hmm. all sort of come together in bitcoin and it, i think it's a really beautiful thing so yeah so so i i don't i didn't quite hear an answer about the, as far as how you feel about regulation itself i know you said about government oh, yeah. fucking <laughs> it up yeah that's um but but to, before before you you do answer that um you said something in there that made me think well, think about it uh, you you said you said that you know all these people are you know making these dumb decisions and they are really hurting themselves because they don't understand about markets and they don't understand about charts and they don't understand about human psychology and all that that's a great answer and, and it made me realize wait a minute if if there wasn't already all this regulation in place to try to protect these people wouldn't people it, it would be more of a priority for people to actually learn this stuff and would have already been prepared to deal with stuff like that they would have already recognized that for what it was and a lot less people probably wouldn't have fallen for it is that does that make sense oh definitely like anytime it's something jordan peterson says like if you do something to don't do anything for someone else that they can do themselves and that's the whole the government system that we have it's the nanny state and they want to just do everything for everyone and you know that makes people infinite infantilizes people so it's treating them like children so yeah i, I agree people have to the only way people learn is, you know, the hard way, fundamentally. So, but at the same time, I just think it's inevitable that all these altcoins, which at the end of the day, they're companies, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be treated as, you know, securities um, because they're they're being traded for profit. Um, so I just I just think that's totally inevitable, and I think it's going to be a good thing for the space if you know if all these altcoins go to zero where they belong. Now, I think that might be some place where you and I might disagree as far as the, mm. the value of an altcoin versus I'm, I'm assuming based on your language so far, you would consider yourself a Bitcoin maximalist. I've, I've heard that term yeah. thrown around that and that just that just means basically you feel like Bitcoin is the number one and the only one and all the rest of them are going to eventually fall away once everybody sees the value of Bitcoin. Is that a fair 
Yep, that's essentially it. Assessment. Like there's, the world only needs one um, like hard money and things will converge because it just doesn't make sense to have um, to, to have to always convert things into different currencies. Like um, one book that I really recommend is uh, the Bitcoin Standard by Saifedean Amus and um, like from the gold standard, the Bitcoin Standard. Um, and he mentions a statistic about the, the global Forex trade, which is a foreign currency exchange. So people trading Canadian dollars for US for euros or whatever. And it's $5 trillion a day, um, which is just mind boggling. Like, and all that money, like all that human effort, and you know, maybe it's bots trading or whatever it is, but people are sitting there staring at these charts, trying to make fractions of a cent on trades, just so the whole fiat money system and like global trade can work properly. Because and before, well, when we were still on a a gold standard, the whole world could trade amongst each other. And there was one standardized, like we call it a unit of account where we can um, convert every commodity and every good and every service into one, you know, into one other thing. And that just facilitates trade so much easier. So, um, yeah, I think it's inevitable. Okay, I, I think I think I see what you're saying. Uh, so basically, the the Bitcoin would be the world reserve currency in this case. Let's let's say let let's say a hypothetical future. I, I want I want to kind of hash this out as far as the the ultimate you know reality of what we might see. Um, let let's say in the future, fiat money's gone away. Government money is you know third party controlled money is not a thing. And now we're just looking at. We're looking at Bitcoin and we're looking at potential altcoins as, as a possi yeah. possibility, right? That's um, pretty, pretty far in the future. There's a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, it'd be, yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, let's, just, let's just say we're there already. And, and yeah. what, I'm, what I'm looking at is, is there, there, was, there was something that I learned a while ago and it took a while for it to really click in my mind. And, and I know you're a big fan of Stefan Molyneux as well. And he said, he said that um, something along the lines of you you don't have a true free market until you have free market and currency. And I was like, that's mm. that made no sense to me at first because I didn't understand money. I didn't understand currency. Mm. I didn't know what it was. Now, as far as defining the difference between money and currency is a very important distinction to, to for people to, to do. Uh, I think it's very important for people to be educated about this stuff. And there is a very mm. distinct difference between money and currency. And right now, our U.S. dollar, um, your government money, what, what, what's, what do they call yours? What do you use in your country? Dollars, Australian dollars. Australian dollars. They're called dollars as well. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know everything. That's all right. I definitely don't know that. I don't have any need for that knowledge. I'm sorry. Hmm. At any rate, um, th those, those types of things are third-party controlled, and they're owned by, owned by the government. They can do whatever they want with it. I had completely just lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> you were talking about currency and right, money. Oh, right, right. So, so mm. those those government controlled monies those those are considered currencies. They don't they don't fall under the definition of money. Gold does. Gold has a, mm. all of the there's a, there's a, a list of like certain attributes that's required for it to be considered money. Gold does qualify. Bitcoin mm. qualifies for that. So you could use either one. And let me let me run this by you, see what you think, because I, I think I think this might open your mind about altcoins a little bit. Insofar as I think you'll see what I think what you'll see is is something like Bitcoin being like what's now considered the world reserve currency. It'll be like the the, the gauge that everybody uses. It'll be like top dog. I think it'll always stay top dog. Um, I think all the altcoins will have their own specific value depending on the market they're serving. 
And what I mean by that is there, there is different ways you can use this, this technology that doesn't necessarily need to be trading currency and stuff. It doesn't need to be, or I'm sorry, not currency. It doesn't need to be trading money on an official level, but it could be still based off of the value of a Bitcoin. Insofar as I'm still, I'm still trading. Um, I'm trying to think like if, if I'm operating over here in a game studio or not a game studio, a, a, an arcade and you go in mm-hmm. there, you trade your, let's say it's Bitcoin in this case, you trade it for the use of their, their, their own tokens, their money. Mm-hmm. And, and I can only use it in that environment, that, that uh, economy, if you will, that, that small little arena. And other people that yeah. are there also see the value in that. And they, they may, you know, you may have people working in, the, in that particular arcade in this example. And they may only get paid in those things and they will only use them in that area. But at some point they can also take those and trade them for Bitcoin and use them in mm-hmm. other arenas. I think it's just like a, a central point for everything. But I don't yeah. see that it necessarily has to be the only one. Does that, does that make sense? No, I agree. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so we call them utility tokens so that, you know, there's some service that you need to have a particular token to use. So the arcade is a great example. And uh, uh, casino chips would be another example. Um, right. But they they are they have like a one to uh, they have a fixed peg to the you know whatever the currency is so if i'm here in australia and i go to the casino i buy ten dollars of casino chips the value of those casino chips doesn't fluctuate like because it's being traded and speculated on on an open market so you know that's kind of the counter argument to to having these utility tokens like i understand that you might want them in that situation but it if you bought money at a casino would you want it to be fluctuating in value and if you were working at that casino would you want you know like you know maybe someone <laughs> comes to the casino and loses a bunch of money and it crashes the price of your casino yeah, token th- which you're being paid in you know what i mean i think that would be the that would be the problem um is that's that's kind of where the the analogy breaks down is because mm-hmm. now we're you know because now we're talking about more of a long-term strategy here if, if i'm if i'm working at the casino and i'm getting paid in casino tokens and i, and I feel like that casino is doing really well that could be my way of investing in their stock, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I could hold well, compa- that. Companies I, already companies already do that, right? They they pay people in shares in the yeah, company. Yeah. Um, and that's so all government that's controlled. Where, that's where it gets. <laughs> we, and, and that's all government controlled. And we certainly don't want to be forced to do that. And most people mm. kind of are forced to invest in the stock market at, at, in its current form. We're kind of forced mm. to do that or we're, we risk losing our money i can't take my well, money and hide it under my mattress and expect that yeah. it's still going to be worth the same that money or that u.s dollar that fiat currency is going to lose value just sitting in my pocket yeah so well, i mean now we're going back to the fiat currency issue and you know we got we went into the, the old coins a bit but just to finish that point like oh that's, sorry, sorry if, yeah. you're not, if, well, if you're not on onto cryptocurrencies or bitcoin in you know from my perspective yet like that is for me the number one reason that i think you should like it's not even that bitcoins necessarily are going to go up in value but there's one thing you can absolutely be sure of is that every fiat currency around the world those governments i mean they're addicted to free easy money they are going to keep printing money you know and the i think the average um inflation rate is something like five percent which uh doubles the money supply after 15 years so with a a modest five percent yearly inflation rate just so people understand um after 15 years the purchasing power of every dollar you have has been halved okay and that's like that is the that that people don't understand that you know that that this isn't taught to people 
when money is at like the very root of society. Um, and it, it just distorts every calculation that people can make. You know, uh, entrepreneurs can't plan for the future because the, the money isn't fixed. You know, it's just at least not, just not long term anyway. Right. <laughs> at, le- no, at least. No, at le- no. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's um, one of the I think the, the greatest point that I got from the Bitcoin standard book is um, he links uh, fiat money and the inflationary fiat money to this idea of uh, human time preference. So um, some people are focused on the short term, you know, and and if we have a money supply that is going to be worth less in the future, of course, you're going to be incentivized to spend it now because, you know, in five or 10 years, it's going to be, you know, half the, the value. So I don't know, it just it it seeps down into everything that people that, that people do. So I don't know, it's really it's really insidious. And but it's for that reason that Bitcoin is going to keep growing in value. Like there are never going to be more than 21 million Bitcoins and people keep losing their private keys. So there's <laughs> going to be even less than that. Um, I've and, heard estimates yeah, around 15 million is is still <laughs> the, the, around six million have been lost already. I don't know if that's for sure. true. And but Satoshi Satoshi's um, wallet contains like a million bitcoins as well. So, um, but the point is, no one can make any more. Like they can they can keep pulling gold out of the ground. I think the um, inflation rate of gold is like two percent a year, between one and two percent. So that's really like hard money. It's hard to inflate the supply. But yeah, um, yeah Bitcoin is going to be fixed. Yeah. Completely. One of the like, arguments against the whole crypto idea to begin with, I hear all the time is, well, you know, yeah, governments can print money whenever they want. But with this crypto stuff, like anybody can just go make their own crypto and just basically print more money. What's the difference? I mean, I know the difference. Well, but let me. I just want to hear the difference you is, it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the difference is that the free market gets to choose which currency to go with, you know, and we see that playing out. That is what a market is. It's a it's a tool for price discovery. Like that's why we have free markets is so that we can work out what something is worth. You know, we don't you know, as anarchists, we don't believe in central planning because the government, it can't know how much something is worth unless you get people to bid on it. And the thing that I, I love about um, Bitcoin in particular is it kind of like hard codes anarcho-capitalist principles because the only way you can exchange value with someone is through voluntary means, which means you have to provide value to them, right. and you know no one can no one can forcibly take it away from you. So you, you want to yeah. know you want to know a secret? That, that's Please. that's kind of what excites me about this crypto industry <laughs> is because mm. I'm I'm seeing a future if this does take off and I, and it will take off that there is no longer any need for governments because uh, that that takes that strips them of their power and they get and they're going mm. to be revealed for what they really are yeah. and and that that's going to be a major revolution in the world oh, yeah. in terms of this shift of power of, of of this imbalance of power from the 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 powerful to the people you know it's like mm. for the first time uh arguably for the second time, but for the first time ever, at least in a long ass time, people are going to have control over their own destinies and be mm. able to be able to make these decisions for themselves and not have to be protected from every little cut and scrape that they might receive by making risky decisions in the financial markets. Mm. But you said no, something, did, you said something. Did, did, oh, if you had something sorry. to say, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just going to say it's a beautiful vision, man. Like um, that technology can just sort of circumvent governments and my god man they're not going to give up without a fight mm. you know and it's it's going to get it's going to get pretty ugly and pretty Absolutely. rough i think but now yeah. you, you said something a little while ago that people aren't 
educated about the the fact that uh, of how our our currency loses its value over time through inflation, through money printing, and that kind of thing. And I think my first inclination of this was uh, when I was probably a teenager. My mom had had told me that she used to be able to take a dollar and and purchase a value meal at McDonald's and still have money left over to go buy a pack of cigarettes and a soda pop at the gas station. A convenience store. You know, they're pretty expensive there. (laughs) Mm. uh, With a dollar, she could do that. And she's not but 20 years older than me. Okay. I'm I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God. And when you start looking into this stuff and you learn that the the U.S. dollar itself has lost over 90, I think it's around 97% of its value since ni- since like 1917 or 1920 or what I, I i'm i i don't have the dates was it, right off the top when of my they came head. off the gold standard uh when they came off the gold standard it's, it, it got even worse but i'm talking about mm. from from when the federal reserve was created it started this whole process started of losing value um at a, at a phenomenal rate it, you're gonna have to do your own research to find the numbers but that that's kind of the general gist of it i know the general kind of decade we're in but um, yeah, once once the Federal Reserve was created, this this whole process started going downhill. Mm. And then when Nixon Nixon took us off the gold standard in '71, um, you just see the the price of money go way way up. <laughs> like this is it, it, these are all terms that need to be understood. I think for people to really yep. get the value of of uh, this this crypto and why we're so excited about it and. Mm. I would personally recommend starting with a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad mm. in terms of getting your, yes in terms of getting mm. your financial education at least getting it kickstarted and getting excited about even wanting to learn about money cuz they make it sound so boring like when I was in school mm. this stuff sounded so boring like I I like money and finance and <laughs> I don't know it yeah. just it just I, I had this I don't know. It just something the way it was being taught. I don't know if that was just me because I was young. I don't know, but it was just something about it. I was not interested in learning. But, mm. but well, here, here I, we I try to resist getting all conspiratorial. But I, I remember at school the um, the economics thing was just all about accounting and you know like adding up uh, columns of numbers and nothing about what money actually is and what it's done for humanity and. Uh, the way I've conceptualized it recently is like money is crystallized human life force and energy, you know, like it's the way we can project our the work that we do in the moment into the future. It's our it's our life force that we put value into it and then we can spend that 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 in the future. That's a beautiful thing. But about the uh, economic inf- uh, ignorance, um, I actually run a little website called uh, truthtags.com.au. We make um, I make uh, philosophical bumper stickers and stuff like that. And I have uh, this one. Maybe you can see that. <laughs> Taxation is yeah, theft. <laughs> indeed. And um, for the last like libertarian conference I went to, I printed up a bunch of like inflation is theft stickers. And like what you said about like 97% of the money supply, uh, of the purchasing power, like, um, sorry, the the US, the value of the US dollar um, being obliterated in, you know, less than 100 years. Right. Um, like if that's not theft, then what what is it? And I think people would be like totally outraged and up in arms if they actually saw this. But it, it just seems to be one of those um, boiling frogs situations. Yeah, you know, like it just happens a little slow. bit at a time, you know, and maybe maybe across, you know, a person's like half a lifetime, they can kind of see like, hang on, you know, things are five times more expensive than I, when I was a kid, you know, but they don't connect what it is. And the tragic thing is that people blame um, 
you know, people playing the shop owner down the road. Like I run a small business and every year I have to put my um, prices up. It's not because I'm, I'm greedy. It's because yeah. the, the purchasing power of every dollar is being eroded. Yeah, you get year. this, you get so, this, uh, this, this whole uh, propaganda about oh, the, those, those greedy Walmart people, they want their money and they're underpaying their employees. And, you know, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't see the effects of what's, what's really going on the deeper, the deeper level effects. All they see is, you know, when they go purchase a gallon of milk they're like oh god we've lost all you know this is this is so expensive walmart's so greedy they want all of our money it's like no that's that's not walmart <laughs> it's mm. not walmart that's not how economics works at all not even no. close so so the question is like what are governments going to do about it because like as you mentioned before it's their central method of control the way they force people to use um you know a particular country is that's like we we only accept taxes in you know us dollars here so they force everyone to use them and they're very very um staunchly against anyone coming out with a competing currency but now something's happened like thanks to the technology technological aspects of it they can't shut it down and like the internet treats censorship as um an, an error and just routes around it so you know like i said it's going to get uh, really ugly um but yeah it, it's just it's just inevitable i mean it's happened when uh, with BitTorrent. like i remember when i remember using napster back in the day and mm -hmm. it got it got shut down because it was centralized but with bitcoin there is no there it is genuinely you know unlike all these uh, old coins that like to claim they're decentralized there's no um you know head of marketing or there's no ceo or anything like that bitcoin doesn't even have a website you know like bitcoin.org com you know is owned by roger veer and um the bitcoin.org like it's, it's <laughs> which not makes really... it confusing <laughs> oh my god like and there's just so much confusion in the space like in this past year i've i've done pretty much nothing but you know focus on crypto learning learning technical analysis and just getting wrapping my head around this because i see uh, you know after like we have the example of BitTorrent. the, uh, the better example actually is you know do you know what runs the internet uh, you know, operating system runs the internet uh, I'm gonna guess it's Linux. It, yeah, it's Linux. Yeah, um, Linux. And it's open. It's, yeah, well, the guy's name was Linus Torvalds who invented oh, okay. it. But um, I didn't know that. It's yeah, like North, uh, Scandinavian, some somewhere up there. But um, it's totally open source. It, it runs like you know on ninety percent of the computers that, no that run shit. the internet. Yeah, well, it's all open source. Wow, Unix. I didn't, and, I didn't know um, that. I've been using Windows for so long. I just, I've never even tried uh, Linux. Those damn Scandinavians yeah. pronouncing shit all weird. Um, and an, another Australians thing about, too. Uh, <laughs> um, the other example would be like the TCP/IP protocol, which right. again runs the internet. It's like um, twenty or thirty years old now. And this is my counter argument to people saying, you know, old coiners saying that you know Bitcoin's old technology. It's ten years old now. And my counter to that is like, no, like the fact that it is, you know, in, in quotes old, um, is one of its strengths. It is resisted change for like these past. 10 years and that's what you want in money you want your money to be as hard as possible you don't want someone to be able to come along and decide to print more of it um, or you know decide anything about it because that's going to totally undermine confidence on it in the future and it doesn't have that store of value use case anymore so. dude i totally understand where you're coming from and i i totally i totally agree with what you said about bitcoin being this this solid foundation the the fact that it's mm -hmm. got a track hist a track record the fact that it's been around as long as it has and the only uh, times that it's been hacked is, the, is is when you know people are involved in, in making stupid mm. mistakes um, and, and not being responsible with their private keys. Um, 
I think that that's even though it is does seem to be pretty volatile in price range, that makes it seem more stable than any other option right now. And it mm. gives people a nice solid footing to and I think it'll be a great um, measuring tool for all other uh, all other competitors, all the other options. And, and I don't I don't think they have to, ex you know, I don't think all the rest of them have to go away in order for one to be the strongest. I think there is a place for other cryptos. Maybe, you know, maybe not specifically for the use of currency. I, I don't know. I, I don't really care, to be honest, as long as we're doing it voluntarily and in a free free yeah. way. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, but as, as much as you've been talking about um, uh, altcoins and that kind of thing, I'm actually the head of a uh, director of marketing for Airwire.io. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you are and, one of those. Yeah, yeah I, I am one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I did I did pose the questions to the founders about what you know how how is this uh, what what was the question they they had tried to um, uh, what was the question I, they had tried to get a patent for the technology because and, and I tried to get a little more explanation from them about why they feel like a, a patent would how is that even enforceable like you know mm. anybody in the world could you know that's that's a u.s law the other other countries don't give a shit about that necessarily and the way he explained it to me is they they do have their own blockchain um the way the way their blockchain works is it's it's a it's it's the wire token is what they use the airwire platform is like an app built on top of the the blockchain that's the portion that's centralized the wire token is decentralized and the actual um, platform itself is is centralized it's, it's got customer service it's got you know the developers that are getting paid that are trying to make sure to you know get out the new updates and that kind of thing um, so I, I kind of I, I think everybody's just trying to feel their way around this whole industry and feel you know kind of get a sense of what it is what can we do with it how can we have I, I don't think centralization is a dirty word. I, I th as much as a lot of people do, I think there is a a, a certain uh, benefit to it in in terms of just getting getting shit done. In general, there is an efficiency that is available to us. It's just a matter of whether it's done voluntarily, and and it's providing value to people. Which in this case, um, for me, I, I I got turned on to them. It just seemed like a a great project they were working on. It may not last. I don't know if it does. I'm fantastic. I'm super excited about it. I think these are great guys. Um, in no way, shape, or form do I feel like it's a scam. I, I know that was that was the word you used there. I don't, I don't know that um, all altcoins are scams. I know some of them are yeah. for sure. <laughs> but I think for the most part, everybody is just in this arena and just they are making their own mistakes and they are trying to learn. Some of it's going to work. Most of it's mm. not. It's just it's just a, a, a huge like um, when, when you kind of get these new things, you have the whole storming process, you know, you, mm -hmm. uh, and, and right now I think we're in the middle of the storm where everybody's just trying to go, uh, OK, OK, so what is this? How can we use it? What can we do with it? How can we make people happy? How can we please customers? What do people want? You know, and everybody's mm -hmm. still trying to learn. And it's so fascinating. And there's so many people excited about it. And not everybody can be Bitcoin developers necessarily yet. I, mm. I, I think maybe in the future, what's going to happen is we're going to see people move toward uh, Bitcoin as that top dog, like the top of the pyramid. And everything else will mm. just kind of trickle down from there. And people can be free to do and position themselves in any position within that pyramid they so choose. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a bunch of things in there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with you. <laughs> I didn't I mean to fire you there. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with you about the um, you know centralization is not necessarily a bad thing, and I think there's a case to be made like that money is like one of the only things that does need to be decentralized. Um, we had a separation of church and state. We need separation of economics and state. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I'm all for um, for Bitcoin being totally decentralized, and it's the only way it can work. But I think um, decentralization, this idea, has become one of those hype buzzwords that you know people are just like, oh, if we make it decentralized, we can make a lot of money. You know, if we can <laughs> put a blockchain on it, you know, we can make a lot of money. Um, so and kind of got to have some historical perspective and remember what happened in the in the 90s with the dot-com bubble like oh yeah it's the dot-com bubble all over again you know um there's there were websites with you know hundreds of millions of dollars uh, valuation you know approaching the billions and they they didn't actually do anything and for me it's such a clear analogy for what we have with icos who have no product mm -hmm. who you know and essentially we have like uh, a PDF, a white paper, you know, that's worth a billion dollars. There's nothing there. There's no product. There's no factory. Like there's there's nothing there. And this is why I think there's it, it makes sense that regulators do need to move in to this to some degree because I yeah I, I don't know how to, to back that up coming from as an, as an <laughs> I, I was waiting. Know, I was I was waiting. Mm. Well, I just think I just think it's it's inevitable. So, you know, so what, that, what's what's wrong with letting people take their licks? Uh, I just I just don't understand. I mean, nobody's I'm, certainly nobody's dying. I mean, I'm sure they might be committing suicide at some point because they've yeah. done fucked up so bad. But uh, like, I'm look honestly, I'm really I'm really torn on this issue. Like, I think uh, I think old coins and ICOs. Like, I just I wish they would go, they would go away. But I think it's just a, a matter of time. So um, probably. Like the most ethical thing to do is like 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 you said it's, it's voluntary people are voluntarily voluntarily buying these things but mm -hmm. that's why i kind of see it as my duty to speak out against it because you know no one else is educating people about this so i'm just tell people like you know very very wary on um on these old coins which at the end of the day there's no actual um value there and the um oh no i hate that that dot com issue so but the other thing about um like a, a blockchain is it's it's the most inefficient possible way to, to like store data, you know. Um, so I just think even if there is an ICO that comes out with a, a use case that uses a blockchain to do something, mm -hmm. someone because a blockchain is decentralized. That's the whole point. That means you can have you know, a bunch of different nodes that are processing and verifying things on the blockchain. Um, and then that means there's such a massive overhead in resources. So if you have a successful use case, someone will just come along with a totally centralized version of that and achieve the same result without the overhead of a blockchain. So, you know, yeah, yeah that, I just that, don't that's, see any of these ICOs projects around long term. That's certainly that's certainly possible. What I'm what I'm seeing right now is uh, I'm, I'm thinking what's going to happen. And, and what I asked the, the development team is, you know, yes, we're built on our own blockchain. Um, what I what I foresee happening with this and 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 don't tell nobody even though I'm putting this out public <laughs> anyway um, what I foresee happening is that that the the developers have made sure at least that's what I'm to understand to make sure that we can still take that same technology that the airwire platform and move it over onto another blockchain if necessary which you know I think that would be fantastic I mean I, I see I foresee a lot of 
apps being developed on top of Bitcoin. I, I just learned the other day that Bitcoin does have the potential for smart contracts, the very thing that oh, yeah. Ethereum is claiming that its specialty is, which it might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, the fact is that I, I kind of see maybe there's going to be a lot of central uh, centralized apps being built on top of a decentralized currency platform. Is that... Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, I think I think no, that's definitely. I think I think there because the, like you said, the, there is value in centralization of database information and stuff like that. And if if we can get con, um, platforms building on top of this infrastructure being Bitcoin, it would be like building a, a website on top of HTML or the TCP/IP mm-hmm. protocol. Um, I think that's going to be its position in in the long run. It's like everybody's going to eventually kind of grouping around it uh, I, I just i don't know i don't know I, there's no way of telling for sure but it's just i i'm, I'm just spitballing just same as you are kind of mm-hmm. educated guesses if you will as far as what's what's coming in the future but i think that'll be a very neat thing to see this hybrid thing of decentralized currency centralized apps being built on top of it and just just the whole the whole economy around it that's completely anarchic in all senses mm. of the word and that's that's what's i'm excited about in the, for the future yeah for sure um and like we have that with uh lightning network coming out on as a second say second layer solution for like payments on bitcoin mm-hmm. um and you know that's one of the things that i want to kind of get through to people is because Bitcoin was sort of sold as a competitor to things like Visa and PayPal at first, you know, and I don't think that's necessarily what it's going to be, at least the the base blockchain of, of Bitcoin. Um, you know, there's just not enough room for like billions of transactions a day um, on that blockchain. So we need second layer scaling solutions. Um, and that's like another criticism of this whole idea of like decentralize everything like you know you buy a coffee for you know five dollars or something like that why does like every human being on the planet need to have a record of your coffee transaction you know so you know this idea of like decentralize everything i just don't think it's it's accurate or efficient and that's not how it's gonna end up right um and then uh so is airwire on oh, oh, on so ethereum b- before you go on with that let, let me ask you mm. about um the the whole cup the lightning network and the cup of coffee idea i just i just looked at lightning network to understand what it is the other day and let me let me see if i've got this correct and you can correct me where i'm wrong um basically this the second layer solution it makes it so that say say i'm starbucks and we do a bunch of transactions and instead of making every single one of those cups of coffee sold placed on the blockchain, you know, on the ledger, we take all of our transactions that have been done throughout the day in our own little trusted, you know, um, app or what have you, and then we submit the total purchase for the day or maybe the total purchases for the week onto the blockchain, and that's what actually gets put on. Is that is that pretty yep. accurate? That's a, and it's just done... That's a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost reminds me of as, as a boat's going through the water, you see the little waves come off and they kind of feed back into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like those little, that's, that's my, that's my Starbucks coffee purchase over here. And then it goes back into the, to the overall big, I, I don't know. I'm yep. still, I'm still trying to get my mind around how that would, how that would well, work. And I think that's what I've got so far. Yeah. Individuals create payment channels to, to other people. And then, uh, transactions can hop between those uh, payment channels without having to go on the main blockchain. So, and, 
for that reason, they're pretty much instantaneous. It's kind of like um, having an IOU. So, if, you know, it's it's complicated stuff, obviously. So, but but yeah, it's just payment channels that individuals can make to each other. And you don't have to broadcast things out to the entire um, ledger, to the entire Bitcoin network. So yeah, complicated. yeah and, and this stuff's all developing. And, you know, that's kind of what you were describing earlier with different altcoin networks, um, you know, being used in their own specific ways. Like we can still have these small communities doing their own thing, um, but just using that foundation layer of Bitcoin to achieve it. So yeah, we can stack things on top of that and we'll still see those, you know, higher level decentralized things. And, and, and you know what the funny thing about all this is, as complicated as this all sounds, this, this technology that we're explaining here, you know what's even more complicated? Trying to understand the US dollar. <laughs> And how it actually works, or right. any government currency for that matter. Try going mm. in and giving an honest to goodness effort understanding of how that money actually operates. That mm. I still I can't to this I cannot tell you how it works. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed no. to be complicated so people don't look into it. So like like you said, it is complicated technology, and it is it has got a lot of lot of stuff still going for it, and a lot of stuff still being in development and trying to get better but mm. it is nowhere near as complicated it is very straightforward you can learn it not nearly as complicated as fiat currency right and that's one of those arguments against bitcoin is like how much power it uses and you know there's one thing in economics which is you always have to ask the question compared to what you know mm -hmm. um and so you know compared to the the massive edifice of fiat currency and everything that fiat currency allows like i, I truly believe if we didn't have fiat currency and governments could print their own money at will that they couldn't finance their wars because the only way they could you know get money is to ask for their from their money from their populace through taxation and you know if people don't want to pay then exactly that's the end of wars so exactly it's a beautiful vision <laughs> you you started to ask something about airwire and ethereum i didn't oh, so, yeah, i, I didn't were, want you to forget that yeah you were just mentioning that um they were getting you know they were building their software in such a way that they could train um migrated to a different blockchain and i was just wondering are they on ethereum now uh, currently they're on their own blockchain oh, okay yeah. yeah it's and they they use the wire token it's yeah. wire would be the equivalent to bitcoin and then do um, they ico um you know i don't think so i know they did a pre-sale of token a token mm -hmm. pre-sale i don't know if that's the same thing as an ico necessarily i don't know i'm still kind of well, did you have to buy did you have to buy ethereum to buy their token uh Shit, it's been so long. I don't even remember, honestly. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. been it's been a while. I know I took a hundred bucks. However, it took to get there. That's how I did it. And then I've been working right. for them, and they've just been paying me in tokens. And I've just been getting to learn the technology and 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 learn through that mechanism of of mm -hmm. working with them and and writing articles and making videos for them. That's been helping me understand this whole industry better. So yeah, it's kind of it's still a, it's still a win win as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I, I don't I don't remember how I went about getting the tokens to begin with. Um, sure. I mean, I mean, I would I would love to be involved in the space in any way possible. And it's kind of why I just make the videos and talk about it. But if, <laughs> if some, you know, ICO crypto startup, you know, wanted to employ me, I'd be all over it, too. So, you know, no, no criticism there for me, for sure. Right. But no. um, even the Ethereum things are a good example to bring up. Like Ethereum's the second largest right. cryptocurrency out there. Right. And in terms of what I was saying about um, uh, being uh, uh, resistant to change, I mean, uh, we had the, the DAO hack, DAO, um, and Ethereum rolled back their blockchain um, to sort of circumvent that hack. So, you know, unlike the the Bitcoin blockchain, which has been just 
you know, it's just been resolute, you know, it hasn't ever changed. Um, what what that showed is that Ethereum isn't isn't um, bulletproof. You know, they can they can uh, edit history, so to speak. Yeah, um, that's and probably that not good. This, <laughs> that that happened to the second biggest cryptocurrency out there. So, um, you know, I just don't have any faith in these other ones that they are going to be like fixed in the long run. So they don't they don't represent hard money to me. Yeah, I, I understand because that that takes away a level of confidence that you should have in your in the stable how stable your money is in terms of mm. trust or not not trust for that matter. Uh, in that case, it, you still have to trust uh, Vitalik Buterin to uh, make sure that we 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 don't do that again. Um, I don't I don't mm. know. I, I, like I said, I don't put a lot of money into these things in terms of um, any more than what I can afford to lose anyway. So it's just I'm, I'm having a good time learning it. I think most mm. people would have a good time learning it. And if it goes up, it goes up. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, mm. it's, 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 I'm just really excited to see where we are a decade from now. I would love to see that oh, yeah. pinpoint in history right now. That'd be fantastic. Mm. But at any rate, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because sure. some of us don't make money on our YouTube channels. We have to... Uh, <laughs> work real jobs <laughs> at any rate but yeah i Matt, hear you brother <laughs> sven i really appreciate you coming on um this is this is i i, I will i'll have a co- cryptocurrency conversation with you any day of the week this is this is a lot cool. of fun <laughs> yeah maybe next time we can get um into more like the nitty-gritty nitty of like charting and stuff like that but yeah all right and where can people find you if they want to reach out to uh, you for more information yeah well um you can find us on our youtube channel that's the rational rise um, find me on Twitter, Star Fury Flames, and you can get your truth tags, um, philosophical bumper stickers at truthtags.com.au, now accepting cryptocurrencies. So, yeah. Ooh, look at you, <laughs> moving on up, man. <laughs> All right, thanks. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.